to listen to the Word of God, to, to participate in meetings, and so forth more than maybe any other time in the world. We, you know, so, so, so we come together uh, through Zoom, through whatever vehicle we have. And, and Zoom is unique because we all just come together. Uh, and we're, we're sitting around together just, just sharing the Lord one to another from wherever we are. And, that, and that's my heart, what these meetings, I, I was, as I was walking, I was, you, you know, uh, I spent some time in conversation, but I spent some time just thinking, considering praying. I, I've, I've done that today, just thinking, considering praying before the Lord. And to affect people, you, you know, if, if what I teach doesn't affect people, uh, I think it was Brother Dale and I were talking some uh, yesterday. And if if people come to meetings and they're not affected by the by the word, if there's not an increase of Christ's life in the word, these meetings are useless. And every time we gather, there should be an increase of the Lord, just a real increase of, of God working in our hearts. And part of that starts with the Lord. You, you know, and, and if you were in our meeting, I believe it was Sunday morning, we were talking about this, uh, or one of the meetings, the Lord is, he's always available. So even, even when we may think he's not, he he is, like Brother uh, Jimmy Lewis says, he, he is the present God. He, he is. So, so the situation falls into us making ourselves available to him because he is available. He is. He has come. He is present. He is here. He's within our midst, and he is the Lord that is there, Jehovah that is here, as Ezekiel said. So we, so we come into these meetings into the I am come. You know, I was thinking of that as I, I've been teaching Sunday mornings in, in uh, the I am's of Jesus, and I know there's some obvious ones. And I, I think people say, well, there's seven I am's of Jesus. Maybe that's right, but maybe there's more. There's I am come. And, and the, you, you know, I am come. I am present. I am here. And, and that is impactful to our souls to realize he is. He is. And we're, we're involved with a God that is. You know, I, I was telling the Lord, and, and I'm going to get in the word here, but I was telling the Lord uh, in my heart, maybe, maybe through my voice, God, just consume 
any word that isn't edifying to your people. Just really, you, you know, lay it out there to the Lord. And, and I was thinking on it as we come together, if, if God's people and, and this, this little group in particular, if we would just lay everything out there, our words, our hearts, our beliefs, our minds, just for the Lord to consume them, anything that isn't his, that he would refine in us that that he is. And that 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 he is would affect us. Because that's the only thing worthwhile anyway, is that which is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's, that's worthwhile. And so as we gather our minds together in, in this uh, sharing, it's to, it's to know him. It's, it's the purpose of it is to know him, for him to increase. And we've been looking at as it is in heaven uh, uh, for it to be upon the earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is on the earth as it is in heaven. And we've talked a lot about the slain lamb in the midst of the throne. And, and really, to me, that's the picture of, of what God is saying when he says that. And, and tonight, I want us to look back at an establishment of heaven and earth in the old covenant and how that that transition to Christ and how that affects you and I, because if you know if we look back at these things and and they really don't affect us, then 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 the question would be why are we looking back at them, right? But when we start this tonight, we will start in Isaiah sixty six, which we read last week, and maybe we'll use this for a, a while. We'll see. But um, this is something I, I taught on for uh, quite some time in Culpeper. Isaiah 66, verse 1, Heaven, thus saith Jehovah, heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What manner of house will you build unto me, and what place shall be my rest? So heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. And, and I wrote some notes uh, last night, and, uh, and I wanted to read what I wrote. And I, I wrote the throne, the seat of power, of influence, of government, of rule. So we have a, the seat of influence in the heavens and the rest for his feet in the earth. So, so from that seed of influence really brings the rest into the earth. If we don't see the seat of influence, we don't see the, the rest. And, and I'm hoping, well, more than hoping, I'm expecting the Lord just to make this clear in our hearts 
in Genesis 12. Genesis chapter 12. Abraham was told in verse 1 to get out of his country. Get out of thy country. Jehovah said unto Abram, Get out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into the land that I show thee. And we can preach this one verse of scripture in Christ for a long time. There's a lot in that. And I will make of thee a great nation and will bless thee and make thy name great and be thou a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and him that curseth thee, I will curse. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham went as Jehovah had spoken unto him and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sechem, unto the oak of Morah. And the Canaanite was then in the land. And Jehovah appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto Jehovah, who appeared unto him. So, for years, I, I've, I've taught out of this scripture. And uh, over the last couple years, I saw more out of it than I've ever seen. God appeared in Canaan. You know, we, we've grew up, uh, us that grew up in, in, in church, a lot of times talked about Canaan land or heard people talk about Canaan land and sometimes never got it, or I did. God appeared in Canaan to Abram. And so when we associate Canaan with a land flowing with milk and honey, it's because just like Ezekiel says later in the book of Ezekiel, the Lord is there. The Lord is there. So when we, when we associate heaven and earth in a lot of the scriptures in the natural, the earth, you know, I, I know God fills all the heavens and all the earth, so I don't want anybody to misunderstand me. But in, in the dealings of the Lord, of how he dealt with the people, the children of Israel, he brought them to a specific land. And in that specific land, he drove out all the enemies. And the land that he brought them to was Canaan. And the reason Canaan flowed with milk and honey was because God was there. If you took God out of Canaan, it's just a piece of land real estate. But God was there, and, and, and that picture is, is seen so powerfully in the encounter that Jacob has with the Lord in Genesis 28, uh, verse, starting at verse 10. It says, and Jacob, Genesis 28, verse 10 says, and Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. 
And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took one of the stones of the place and he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold, a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending upon it. And I pointed this out some time ago, the angels ascend and descend. And kind of a, a, a opposite order, maybe than sometimes we we think the we we think the angels descend and ascend, but it was reversed order. Just not to get off into that, but just to set it before you. And behold, Jehovah Jehovah stood above it and said, "I am Jehovah, the God of Abraham, thy father, the God of Isaac, and the Lamb whereon thou liest. To thee will I give it, and to thy seed." And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. And in thee and thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee whithersoever thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob awakened out of his sleep, and he said, Surely Jehovah is in this place, and I knew it not. What a reality. What an awakening. Jehovah is in this place, and I knew it not. So, so we, we begin to see this picture, and then, then time rolls on, and the children of Israel, and we've, we've read a lot of these scriptures, Children of Israel are in captivity of the Egyptians. And God tells them, he says, I'm going to take you unto myself, unto the place of my sanctuary, the place that I have chosen. And I'm going to be a God to you, and you're going to be a people to me. So, so all of this was associated with Canaan. They had to leave one place and coming to another that was associated with Canaan. And ultimately in Canaan is Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is established as the city of God in the land of Canaan or the land of Israel because the land of Canaan takes on the name of the people. So the people that God deals with he is a people named Israel, which means prince with God, or as he is. Just like John says of the church, as he is, or as he is, so are we. So that's what Israel was to be, was as he is. One with God, prince with God, all, all of that, that and and so they had to be brought out of a place and come to another place. And all that had to be done because it was typifying what God did in Christ. So all the type and shadow had to be set up to speak to what God was going to do in Christ. And that's, that's the way the Scripture set up. If we understand the Scripture, 
It's set up in order to show you Jesus Christ, the Lord. That's the way it is. And everywhere we turn, we can see that. As the Lord opens our eyes, you know, Jesus saying, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly goes right along with the children of Israel going into a land flowing with milk and honey, an abundance, a flow of life. Glory to God. And so we come into this place of Canaan, and, and ultimately in Canaan, there's going to be a temple, a house, because that's where we start in Isaiah 66, where is the house you're going to build me? And where's the place of my rest? Now, this is long after they've established Canaan, but, but God is, is looking for a place of his rest, for him to put his feet down and rest. And so in type and shadow, that's Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is the place of the temple. And in 1 Kings 6, verse 12, 1 Kings 6, verse 12, it says, As for this temple you are building, if you walk in my statues, carry out my ordinances, and keep all my commandments by walking in them, I will fulfill through you the promise I made to your father, David. And I will dwell among the Israelites and will not abandon my people, Israel. So the temple was that God would dwell among them. But God didn't just dwell among them anyway. He had government. He had a throne. And anytime you have a throne, you have government. Always with the throne. With, that's why in the natural earth, there's governments. Because governments are set up to rule man. And it's speaking directly to the rule of God in the throne. And so here in Israel, you had a natural throne. And you had a natural land. So this is the earth. A lot of times when the Bible's talking about the land and the earth, we picture that it's talking about the whole globe. But it just may be speaking of the land of Israel because this was where God's dominion was, was in this land. And it was in this land that he was driving out all the Canaanites. Why didn't he just do it in the whole world? He's God of the whole earth because he's speaking of something. So sometimes when we come over and look at land, and I think it's in Luke 2. I, I, I don't know that I'm going to turn there. I'll see. But I think it's in Luke chapter 2 where it talks about that all the world shall be taxed, that Caesar Augustus was taxing the whole world. And when you, when you study history, at least from what I've read, 
Caesar wasn't over the whole globe. He was over the Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire was, to the Jewish people of their day, the world. Because they were under the rule of Rome. So the land and, the, and, and, and so forth of Jerusalem was captured in Rome, and that's just a thought, because when Jesus comes unseen and says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not, See, see this earth right here of the old Jerusalem and the old heaven. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool passed away at the cross. It's no more God's realm of influence. Just like Jesus said to the woman of Samaria, and, and to really grab hold of this woman of Samaria, she may have been a Gentile. I can't tell you what she was. But the Israelites, when they divided kingdoms, the northern and the southern kingdom, eventually, I believe it was the northern kingdom, the kingdom of Israel's capital was Samaria. So, so when Jesus went to Samaria, there, there's a... A, a picture of the two tribes of or the two nations. You know, there were 12 tribes, but two nations. The the northern and the southern that he goes there and, and it becomes even, I don't know if you could say even more powerful when you go back and you read it. And she's telling Jesus, we worship God in these mountains because they made false gods, I believe starting with Jeroboam, and spread it throughout their kingdom. And Jesus says the true God is from Jerusalem because he was coming as the lion of the tribe of Judah. He come from Judah. And so, so when you start seeing this whole picture, but he, but, he, but he makes the transition there with the woman at the well, or he speaks of the transition, he says, no longer shall they worship in this mountain nor in Jerusalem. See, heaven and earth shall pass away. So that earth was being removed, and a new one was coming forth with a new realm of influence. Because no longer were you going to come to God through the law of Moses, you were going to come to God through the living word who is Jesus Christ. And that's how we come to God. We don't merely come to God even through the Bible. Even though the Bible speaks of Christ, we, we can read the Bible and not know Christ. Right? You got people all over the earth that read the Bible and they don't know Jesus Christ. But they can quote scriptures. But they don't know him. Because he's the living word that the written word declares. And we believe not just the written word, we believe in him. Our relationship just isn't with the written word, our relationship is with him. We receive him. We receive him that the word declares, and see, that's the word of government that God has 
in this new land is Christ himself. So that's the word of government. So we walk in that government and that realm of, of influence as much as we understand him, the living word. If I have a poor understanding of him, I'm not walking real well in the land and, and these Canaanites that's probably representing something of me aren't being driven out real good because I don't understand the word and the influence of the throne. Right? Because when I start understanding the word and the influence of the throne, I begin to hear in my spirit, I'm dead. I begin to hear in my mind that I'm dead, that I'm dead to the world. And I'm alive unto God in Christ. I begin to walk in another reality because of the government of God, because this is what the government of God says, that when he died, all were made dead and that they that live, live unto him. Glory to God. That's divine government. And I can read that in the word. I can read, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, which we were in Sunday morning, I can read that. But until that becomes real to me that I've eaten of him, I read that letter but I don't know what it's talking about. And, I, and then I come up with ideas of what I think it means. But when I eat of him, I begin to understand what it means. And eating of him is receiving him, partaking of him. And the more I partake of him, the fuller I get. Glory to God. So, so we're under the influence of a throne that has the resurrected lamb in it. And that's such a powerful picture that John sees in the book of Revelation chapter 5, the lamb having been slain, loosened, the seals of God, which I believe is the new covenant word, the new covenant lie, that he loosed that upon the earth, and now we become a kingdom of priests unto our Lord. Glory to God. And we become priests of the Most High God to feed those in the church and those who will come, bread and wine. If any man's a thirst, let him come. So now we become participants with the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God, because the Word of God is in us. I, I saw this in it, picture in Isaiah 59. I believe it is a long time ago 
and I've shared it, and I've probably shared it with you all before, but it's before me, and, and it's just such a powerful picture to understand. And I'm going to share this here, probably stop here, because this is just tremendous. And verse 20, Isaiah 59, verse 20, says, and a redeemer will come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith Jehovah. And as for me, this is my covenant with them, saith Jehovah, my spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth. So here's the covenant of the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee. And this, this is speaking to the Redeemer, who is Christ, who received the fullness of the Spirit. And this is a covenant, his Spirit and his words, which I have put in thy mouth, shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, seed. So this word that started in Jesus, now, now I'm just going to use an example here. Jesus prayed that they may be one in John 17. I am them, thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one. Right? What was Apostle Paul's message? throughout his epistle. One body. One new man. One spirit. One new life. This word that came out of Jesus' mouth and went to the earth was now being declared by Apostle Paul, see, see by shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor the mouth of thy seed, which was his disciples, his seed right there, were his disciples that were around him that had received his word, that were born of his word, that were birthed in his word, or the mouth of thy seed's seed. And that's all of those that have received this word of God down through the ages. And say of Jehovah from henceforth and forever. So when this word comes, this word's going to be established from the time this Redeemer comes and forever. And this is what I believe John sees when he sees the, ever, the angel flying through heaven declaring the everlasting gospel, the everlasting good news of Jesus Christ, because this word has come, a word from heaven, and it's being declared, you know, starting with the Lord himself, and now his seed, who's going to declare his generation? His seed. Who's his seed? Those that have been born of his life, those that are born of his spirit, they are his seed. 
and they are declaring his word. Glory to God, because it's his word that's being revealed in our hearts. We're coming to understand what Jesus said, just like he said that the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he's going to take a mind and show it to you. He's going to bring all things to your mind that I said, and he's going to make them, and he's making them known. So he's making his word known to us and in us. And we're discovering these, this word is like Jesus said, the word is spirit and life because the word is Christ himself. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So here we are declaring the dominion, the throne, the kingdom of God. We're declaring the rule of the king. We're declaring his word. We're ambassadors, Paul says, of the kingdom. We're ambassadors of Christ. What does an ambassador do in the natural? He carries the word of the kingdom. He, he goes out in the government, if he's in the United States, and he's going down to, down to South America, when he goes down to South America, he's carrying the word of the government he's under. And that's what we are. We are ambassadors of Christ, priests of Christ, kingdom of priests, declaring his word in the earth. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I'm going to stop right there. We'll have to dig into this and just open this up for discussion.